Three Minute. We'll be discussing the second sequel, Jurassic Park, one minute at a time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And back for the second week, Mr. J Jurassic. Welcome, sir. What's up, guys? Glad to be back on. Welcome back. Today we're here to discuss minute 26 of Jurassic Park 3. Guys, ready to get into it? Sure. Oh, yes. As we're in minute 25 of Jurassic Park 3, the survivors had escaped the Spinosaur in the fuselage and ran into a small clearing. As we're open on minute 26, everyone's trying to catch their breath. Grant's listening intensely and realises, I think we lost him. He turns and pushes aside some bushes to reveal a dead carcass. He says to the others, it's okay, it's dead. At the 26 second mark, almost on cue, the Tyrannosaur's head rises above the kill and it growls. Grant sternly says, nobody move a muscle. The Rex roars at them, and everyone apart from Grant turns and runs. At the 40 second mark, they run around a large tree and are stopped dead in the tracks as the Spinosaur stands in front of them. Behind, the Tyrannosaur comes on the scene, giving chase. At the 44 second mark, Grant turns to run but trips over a log, and the two beasts roar at each other and go head to head. The Tyrannosaur bites down the Spinosaurus's neck, holding it tight, and as the minute ends, the Spinosaur turns trying to avoid the grip, knocking over a tree with its tail, which narrowly misses the Kirby's as they flee. This is going to be, this may be probably a dark minute. I know it's definitely going to be dark for you, Jay, with uh, oh, yes. what, what happens is, uh, towards the end. This is, I get PTSD from this. Yes, it's it's fight week <laughs> in these next two minutes. But uh, oh. as we as we open on the minute, we get the group of survivors sort of run into a small clearing, and they all sort of stop breathing heavily, bent over, trying to catch their breath because they've been running for a while to get away from the spinosaur, and um, take a moment sort of taking what just happened, and we sort of get that camera move through the group as we come to Grant's face, who's sort of listening carefully, and finally says, "I think we lost him." <laughs> Which they surely they uh, can't hear it crashing through the trees anymore, anywhere near them. <laughs> but um, he turns here and spreads some spreads some elephant grass or some branches aside to reveal a massive carcass, and you got the ribs exposed there, and it's sort of part decayed and looks a lot like that that dino damage we've got from later or current figures, mm-hmm. where it's just sort of the plastic bones sticking out. This was the Parasaurolophus carcass from the T-Rex nest in the Lost World that was repainted green to match the CGI ones that we see later in the movie. Okay. But in going back to Delgado, Ricardo Delgado, a concept artist for Jurassic Park 3, if you're just tuning in about that, in the movie, I mean, in the concept that he brought up, um, there's a log that they kind of rush under before getting to the spot where the T-Rex kill is. And the T-Rex uh, is actually eating a a patasaurus, it looks like, of some sort. Uh, some kind of generic th- uh, sauropod. And it's not the parasaurolophus that we see in the final movie. Mm. Mm. Well, in, in both the script and the novel, it's actually described as a large sauropod, so that's probably mm, where that, that comes from. But we don't. We only see the um, the main body of the carcass. We don't see a head or anything here. So apart no, from but them, you, see, you do see behind the scenes shots of it oh, later, okay. uh, of them repainting the carcass. 
Yeah. So I wonder if that just hung around in the back of Stan Winston's shop for those few years between films for him to reuse it. <laughs> now here's me. Now here's me being the prankster. I would have stuffed rotten meat in between the bones and <laughs> <laughs> let the uh, chaos ex- uh, evolve from there. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Why does his carcass, fake carcass stink so much? Why are there flies everywhere? <laughs> Not as many flies as um, Roland that had to choke on, and Arjo had to choke on at the Rex Nest in the last oh, film. There was a lot of flies in that one. There was CGI. It's <laughs> funny because there's a funny story about that in the, um, I think, the Winston Effect. that where, or was it, it was either the making of or the Winston Effect where Pete Postlewith tells a story about how Spielberg tell, tells him he's gonna, he has to swat yeah, in front of his face when he's doing the scene because they're going to... And uh, Postlewitz says, why would I do that? Why don't I look silly? And Spielberg says, because we're going to add CGI flies in after the uh, in post and you'll look silly if you don't. Ah, <laughs> uh, nice. Well, he's a great white hunter, I'm sure. He's experienced a lot of that over in the African hunts and that just mm-hmm. uncontrollable flies. <laughs> You're just swatting them, does nothing, so you just sort of learn to ignore them and keep your mouth closed. <laughs> but I sort of wonder here, too, where they decide to go this way. When the camera's sort of coming through the group earlier, it looks like the clearing continues behind them, where now Grant just sort of turns around and decides we're going to go through this thick stand of trees. Um, it's funny that you mention that, because, I mean, when you look at the, uh, when you look at the shot of them t- stopping and taking a breath, you can see like, really sunny spot behind them, because they yeah. filmed this actually outside. Yeah. Yeah, so sort of wonders, yeah, wonder why. And they obviously must be upwind of it if they can't smell the carcass, or maybe that's why he part of the trees couldn't yeah. smell it, but there's nothing there's nothing really um, dropped in the film here as to why he decided to go that way, and in the novel and script it's completely different, so... But we'll get to that in a minute. There could have been even a drop line here from Amanda saying, what's that smell, or something. Mm-hmm. Or you could hear the buzz of the flies. Mm-hmm. But Grant looks anyway, and um, he sort of looks at it and looks back to the oven and says, okay, it's dead. <laughs> it's a, which is a great little line. Like, they're all scared, thinking it's yeah. not a dinosaur. And it's, um, no, it's okay, it's dead. <laughs> and that's where we get our Tyrannosaurus appear. Raises its head up above the carcass with its jaws bloody. Mm-hmm. First impression, David. <laughs> I always thought that it was a great... I always loved it. I would have preferred uh, the animatronic in his prime, but I'll take this, because what they did after it is they, kind of, in order to fight with the Spinosaurus, they really let the animatronics go at it, because they figured this was going to be the last Jurassic Park movie, and they were planning on selling everything uh, off afterwards anyway. Mm. And so they kind of like tuned up the the T-Rex animatronic, kind of set it to 11 so that it would be able to withstand the fight. Of course, if it doesn't. <laughs> the head gets knocked off by the Spinosaurus animatronic. Oh, God. But, but the, um, they also kind of touched up the paint, which is why it has a bit of a different paint job. But what I really wanted to mention here is that there's a behind-the-scenes video of them just testing out the animatronic and you can see the uh, Parasaurolophus carcass in that shot. And I just think it's the most coolest, beautiful thing ever. It's awesome. 
Well, that's and b- before I go into the next bit. You sort of just given Jay more nightmares now. Not only has his favourite dinosaur died, but it gets beheaded as well. Yes, I heard about the. <laughs> In some of the behind-the-scenes photos, there's you can see the head there with just the flap of skin lying there. Oh. <laughs> I, oh no. Yeah, I I have heard that that that's what happens. Um. Yeah, that's that's no comment. No. <laughs> well, we'll we'll go into some we'll go into some praise. It, it, I just love that it's here showing a dinosaur doing something natural. There's not across the franchise. There's not a lot of just the dinosaurs doing what they do. It's whether they're just a yes in the some of the like your picturesque shots and that they're doing what they're doing. But for the most part, they're either chasing someone or they've there's some other um, motive or thing they're doing we're here it's just the Tyrannosaur it's eating it's it's yeah, had this kill whether, whether it's killed it, it itself or if it's come across and that's that whole scavenger debate that uh, we're not going to go into but. yeah yeah that's that's exactly uh, one of the reasons they wanted him to show him um eating a dead dinosaurs kind of to put that in people's heads about the the scavenger that's that's all Jack Horner that's all Jack yeah. Horner yeah. I mean he yeah, wanted was. that he was like, "No, let's give him a carcass." But you know, you you're trying to you're trying to paint him as a scavenger in that moment. But yet, then he goes and chases the people. Wouldn't the scavenger just stay eating? Like, you know? So kind of whatever. It's it's kind of like um with Lost World. Did you you know how they use Robert Burke to be kind of like uh, Robert Backer? Yeah. <laughs> And um, you see it in the behind the scenes, uh, one of the uh, on, on Lost World or whatever, or I think it had yeah, talked about. I don't remember where I heard it actually. It might not have been in, on the blue on the behind the scenes, but um, Jack Horner and him were always debating with T Rex being a scavenger or a hunter or whatnot, um, and they made him like a character in Lost World that gets eaten by a T Rex and Robert Backer like answer back at him like see it, it, it ate me it's a hunter <laughs> <laughs> so they were trying to make fun of him in the end Robert Packer took it as like hey well you guys contradict yourself because if it's not a if it's a scavenger it wouldn't have went out and hunted me yeah even the dialogue good. Sarah has with um saying Robert Burke um Burke no Backer has um, that whole theory of the um, Tyrannosaur being able to scent and smell for miles. Mm-hmm. Which has an lost world there too, sort of like again, it's one of those things. Like if you can do a, um, if you can professionally dig at your competition in a film like that, then why not? Yeah, he had he had a lot more. Um, Jack Horner had a lot more say in JP3 with the dinosaurs and what they do and whatnot than the other films. Mm. So he was. He was able to pick off that that Spinosaurus. He was the one that kind of like put that input um, when they were looking for the new big baddie. So he was yeah. like Spinosaurus. Yeah, and that's sort of one thing we've discussed a little bit earlier in the minutes, and definitely going to come back when we get to the Raptors. Just how they sort of he was learning new things, making new discoveries, and that, and tweaking the dinosaurs, which mm-hmm. sort of unnaturally evolving them as they would be in, on the island. And now now we've got. <laughs> all these different subspecies and all this other stuff we're trying to mm-hmm. make canon and that just so we can 
sort of make up and fill the gaps for them just wanting to be as accurate as he thinks they are. Yeah, and it's funny because he doesn't... They, the filmmakers, when they're doing something like that, especially with these type of films, since like, like David said, they, they thought this was going to be the last one, uh, didn't realize how drastic these changes were as, to the fandom, you know? Mm. So these raptors that we have later on, you can... I mean, they're they're completely different subspecies. And then the Spinosaur, there's so many questions risen about the Spinosaur. And then the T-Rex. What T-Rex is this? Is this the baby? Is this oh, this? Not, not, they're, not, they're, I'm actually going to dispel a myth right here. It's not a sub-adult. First of all, a sub-adult would not be two or three feet uh, short of adult fully grown size that would that, that would just be a uh, smaller adult but second of all i believe there was a script or something where the t-rex is meant is described as a fully grown bull t-rex not bull t-rex but a fully grown bull t-rex yeah in both the script and the novelization it is described as a full-size t-rex an adult yeah. trinosaur oh man that sucks Oh well, <laughs> but um, we get Grant st- staying sort of deadly still, and uh, Stanley says nobody move a muscle, and that's when the Tyrannosaur roars directly at them, and uh, everyone but Grant turns and runs. <laughs> Which, when you're like that'd be probably three meters maybe from it, or closer, and it bellows at him. There's no way you're staying there, <laughs> especially when you're just being chased by the Spinosaur. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. I will crap my pants. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, definitely. That thing roaring like that? Oof. And ah. it's a great little thing that sort of in getting back to the Lost World novel briefly when um, Dodson's team sort of at the Rex Nest and you get George Basilton sitting there saying how there was a theory once that Tyrannosaurs, like the scans of the skull, showed they only had an amphibian brain or compared to an amphibian brain and... Um, the whole vision based on movement in the Lost World novel it sort of says, no, well, that's not the case. And um, they mention Grant's name to say that, well, he proposed that maybe its vision was thrown off by severe storms, and here you got Grant sort of taking what he learnt from the first film and sort of doing that whole standstill, its vision's based on movement thing, but unfortunately not everyone else complies with <laughs> what he wants to try and do here. Um, yeah. But um, sort of Grant <laughs> realizes, and he almost gives that oh shit face. <laughs> He's just like, oh yeah. damn! <laughs> <laughs> and then uh-huh. um, turns and runs and follows him, and we get the uh, Tyrannosaur roar again and give chase. And, and mention it last minute, the CG here of it sort of coming through the foliage and oh. giving chase doesn't look <laughs> very good. Oh, it's horrible. No. That's one of those moments where the size and the uh, fe- the details actually change. Mm-hmm. The um, in the in the opening of the fight, originally was, uh, they shot that the T Rex and the animatronic just start kind of sizing each other up. They kind of circle each other and they're roaring at each other. And what initiates the fight is the Spinosaurus slapping the T-Rex across the face, which gives it the scars that we see on the animatronic. Mm. The CGI model doesn't have those scars until after the fight begins. 
the animatronic already, of course, has them because the <laughs> T-Rex had them in the first movie. It's the same animatronic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because you you saw that like uh, that slap or whatever in in the trailer. Yeah. But you never see it in the movie. No, no. They originally had it so that the um, there's actually a couple kind of little cuts made to the fight scene that I think. Personally, they should have just left it alone. The movie's short enough already, and it's some good action. Just leave that good kind of rumble fighting, because it was almost like two boxers sizing each other up. Was the way that it was filmed. You kind of get them going back and forth, hopping back and forth, looking at each other, kind of spewing names at each other, and then <laughs> and then one the the first punch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's um. We'll get to it definitely next minute. If, if this was a boxing match, yes, the Tyrannosaur lost, but it would have won the fight. Because <laughs> it definitely got more hits in on the Spinosaurus and mm-hmm. the Spinosaurus yeah. gave back. But um, Also, with the size here, too, it's sort of odd because when Grant pulls in bushes back and looks, he's looking up at the, the carcass, which would have to be a few feet higher than what he is, and then here's the Tyrannosaur sticking its head up. It's a little bit higher again, but then... As the um as it comes out of the brush, it's sort of standing clearly a lot higher. It makes you wonder how they snuck up on it at all. Mm-hmm. Well, it seemed to be laying really down low, kind of with its face, kind of just I don't know, like you would with like a uh, if you had no arms and were trying to eat ribs. Yeah. Just kind of with his face stuck yeah. inside. The arms. Yeah. But we cut back to what seems like the crash site again as the group's running past a large tree and the camera pulls back to reveal the Spinosaurus foot. <laughs> They've ran straight back to it. Um, everyone stops dead in their tracks and as they finally see it, and behind them we see the wrecks come in through the darkness, sort of almost in silhouette as it's coming onto the scene. And uh, Grant trips over a log and falls down between the two logs <laughs> and sort of lays there on the ground for a moment and we get a little bit more of that next minute, but... We get the fight, ding, ding, Spinosaurus sort of roars and goes for the Rex, ignoring the people, and as the Rex approaches, it walks on the logs where Grant's laying, and again, we get that yell from Grant as he's looking up and getting a good shot at the, a good look at the bottom of the Tyrannosaurus foot. <laughs> and so he almost got carded. Yeah, yeah, he's sort of, he doesn't get full carded here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the 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 foot CGI when he like when he p- goes down uh, like the foot presses down on those logs. Mm. Oh man, it, mm. I feel like the, the whole CGI model of the Rex in this scene was just not great. No, it was not. The, Plus, I mean, the, the, middle, the way the middle toe kind of steps on the log, yep. it should have just like ripped Grant right down the middle. Oh my yeah. god, it, it's just uh, and it just it just looks so bad. And I remember. When you do see the behind the scenes um, of ILM, and they were talking about the new technology that they're coming out with, they they, they build up this like uh, skin jiggle, and they're like, we're, we we want to make the skin kind of jiggle. I never saw it as looking real. I always saw it kind of like, yeah. uh, no, it, it makes it look like it's a it, the animal's just jello. And <laughs> I, they perfected it now, but back then, oof, it's not it was not good, well, not good at mm-hmm. all. I still well, anyway. think at the time the good old fashioned uh, kind of just the what was it the uh, net rigging that they put together and then skinned over that was superior. Uh-huh. Yep, it was definitely was because you see it you see the difference in Lost World and Jurassic Park three 
on CGI. It, there's, mm-hmm. It's night and day. With it. And, like, Jurassic Park 3 came out afterwards. So you would think that it would... It was it evolved better, but I guess what they were evolving to wasn't at its point to use just yet. Because now you see that they do that. They lay lay bones down, lay muscle, lay skin, and then we get what we've seen in like Fallen Kingdom, which a lot mm-hmm. of those shots are beautiful with the dinosaurs. You know? Yeah, they are. You know, I mean, this the CG in a lot of those shots is just incredible. Like some of the shots where you see blue up close, it's just whoa. You you think you think you're looking at an animatronic. Well, some of the shots were animatronic. Somewhere, somewhere, not all of them. Um, I, I, then, you know, I mean, some of the animatronic shots are really great too, like, uh, blue on the, um, like, being operated on. But Mm -hmm. then, I really, some of those dinosaur designs, though, I didn't like, and I felt a little, you know, the stegosaur is the one that bothers me the most. Yeah. I like the Lost World, Jurassic Park, and Jurassic Park 3, Stegosaur, you know? Yeah, I do too. Sorry, I'm completely going a different way. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid this fight. It's still going to end. It doesn't matter how long you try to avoid it. I'm, I'm the kid avoiding the bully at 3 o'clock uh, by the yeah. flagpole. I don't want to go. Yeah. Well, some praise here because the Rex gets the first point, gets a Spinosaur around the neck and pushes it to the ground and sort of runs its torso, runs the Spinosaur along the ground, um, and mm-hmm. the Spinosaur manages to stand up here with the um, with its head still in the jaws and starts to spin around a bit, and its tail knocks over a large tree that almost falls on Paul and Amanda, which some would say should have fallen on them. <laughs> <laughs> have, we'll have a couple more casualties in this fight as well, but... Oh, the, man. Uh, the Rex loses its grip on the Spinosaur's neck, and um, the two sort of pull back. And uh, as the minute ends, the Spinosaur lunges for the Rex, but it pulls back, avoiding its jaws. So we'll get the conclusion of the fight in the next minute. Um, just looking at the script and novel briefly, um, Grant pulls back the trees to reveal Sauropod, and Amanda sniffles a cry, which makes Grant say it's okay, it's dead, which we sort of mentioned the Sauropod before. Um... The Rex that emerges is described as a full-grown buck, which, again, we mentioned before. Uh, everyone freezes for a long beat until Udesky turns and runs first. The Rex roars at them, then everyone else turns and runs. And as the uh, group runs back to meet the, the Spinosaur, we get our full first body shot of it, where before we'd only seen sort of glimpses of it through the plane window and that. We never actually got the full body shot of the Spinosaur, as we sort of see in the film. Everyone scatters. Grant can't find his footing. Oh, Grant's foot's stuck in a log and he sort of gets it free but doesn't have time to flee, so he dives down between the larger logs deliberately. It's not a not an accident that he just trips over and falls down there. And it's the Spinosaur that steps on him, not the Trenosaur, like we see <clears> in the <throat> film. The first strike's different. The Rex swings its tail, connecting with the Spinosaur, sending it backwards or sending it sideways. Um, it tries to regain its balance as the Rex lunges forward to grab its neck, but the Spinosaur slashes back with its long arms and then kicks the Tyrannosaur with its large foot, which uh, wounds the Tyrannosaur and it staggers back. Mm-hmm. So, which is interesting. That is another one of Delgado's um, concepts here. It was the it was the spinal, He writes here, Spinal jumps on T-Rex back and rides it and rides its back, biting the back of the head, which is <laughs> which would have been really really cool to see. 
Well, yeah, they're not going to get the animatronic to do that. That's going to be full CG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. The T-Rex would In... collapse under the weight of that animal. Yeah. yeah. Still would have been cool to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the novel, we, um, as the group run into the clearing um, to take the breath, you can see the dead, animal, dead animals there in the centre of the clearing. It's not hidden at all. Grant identifies it as a Datridorus. Butchered that immensely. Um, a species of sauropod from China. That um, and he wonders how it could have gotten into the clearing, and that's when we see the Rex reveal itself. It was sort of semi laying down behind it, eating it. Um, Grant says nobody move a muscle, and adds the Rex tracks motion, so they actually know why he's saying no one moves a muscle um, that isn't sort of in the film. Um, the group stands there for a while, for still for a while, and the sort of Rex looks left and right. And Grant knows the Rex can smell them for miles. Um, the group will probably smell like soap after shaving perfume, but he hopes the bad smell of the carcass can mask that. And then he hears some shuffling behind him and um, says, oh no, and turns slightly to see Udesky fleeing. <laughs> um, and they, uh, when they stop dead in front of the Spinosaur, we get more from Grant. Um, we had that reverse Darwinism comment back when he was on the plane and Billy jumping off cliffs and how... Um, the one strap saved his life, and here he says, talk about reverse Darwinism, he re- realises in frustration, this group of intelligent omnivores had just delivered themselves to the sailback predator that they'd fled from in the first place. And then sort of as they start the fight, Grant thinks good, it's a good opportunity for them to get away, they'll occupy themselves, and by the time the fight's over, they'll be long gone. Um, again, we sort of cut from the fight to Paul getting punched in the film, and we don't know how much time's actually passed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's minute 26. Anything else on that before we get heavy for the day? Yeah, I almost forgot to mention that um, that in the course of the fight, the T-Rex kind of makes a big grand entrance in that aforementioned log that they kind of have to duck under to get to, uh, to the carcass. The T-Rex just smashes right through it like a bulldozer as he enters the uh, clearing there where, they, where the T-Rex and the Spinosaurus fight. Hmm. That would have been cool. A, yeah, a little bit of a callback to it going through the log chasing the Jeep, I suppose. Yeah. It just sort of shows how strong it can be before it goes into the fight. We've just seen the Spinosaur bring down a plane, so... Yeah, it, it kind of makes you... Uh, maybe doing something like that, it, it, just having the T-Rex get you know, taken down by a Spinosaur is enough, because then showing the T-Rex how strong, they would be like, wow, the Spinosaur <laughs> took down that. You know, yeah. it's more more adding to it. Would have been cool to see, but I'm glad they didn't do it. Just... Yeah, well, we we kept away, and I could say deliberately, but it wasn't brought up the whole fans bringing up the bite force of the Trenosaur, how it would have crushed the Spinosaur's neck when it had it, and all this, oh. and then... <laughs> <laughs> the... We launched into a carnivore forum debate. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, all right. yeah I, I don't want to go into that because it'll be this podcast will be so much longer <laughs> <laughs> all right if you want to get a hold of us you can email us at lostworldminute.com the main website is drasticminutes.wordpress.com and you can find the lost world minutes and drastic minutes over on facebook with the uh pages there david where are you on twitter and instagram uh, Twitter, we are at Jurassic Minute. Uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minute's podcast. Some of the worst things imaginable.
best intentions. This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how you play God. If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less. Uh, are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on earth or heaven. Get me on that island. You're Desky. Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Hello? Charlie, take the phone to mommy now! Take the phone to mommy! It's the, it's the dinosaur there! Okay.